Welcome to Jetro Boomin. I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming here live from the fantastic Tollman Joe's on Front and Oregon. Tollman Joe's have some phenomenal wings. Been in South Philly looking for a great wing spot. They have some mango, salsa, jalapeno wings. Maybe my favorite wings in the city. Great spot. Free parking. Perfect place to hang out and watch a game. I will be here for the road games for the Mainer season. So you're going to come out, support the podcast, hang out, ask some questions on a future podcast. We'll do some live podcasts from here going forward. Come to Tall Man Joe's. We're here, obviously, recapping the Eagles' Week 5 win over the New York Jets. Score of 31-6. to Now, just glancing at the box score, seeing a 31-6 to win, you should be pretty excited. And on the surface level, I am excited. I feel like Jim Schwartz has gotten a bad rap over the last... This is his fourth season as Eagles defensive coordinator, right? 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 now. His defenses are better than people think. He's had a revolving door at cornerback since the moment he signed on as Eagles defensive coordinator. But for all that, the guys have played well. The guys have played well. And it goes back to 2017 with Patrick Robinson, where during training camp, every, every beat writer said he played like shit in training camp. And then what happened? Patrick Robinson had a fantastic season as the Eagles nickel cornerback. Probably a uh, a Pro Bowl caliber season, even though nickel cornerbacks don't really get recognized that way. A Pro Bowl alternate guy. Maybe he's not he's not an all-pro guy at nickel, but maybe a Pro Bowl alternate guy. Then obviously, as we know, in the infamous, in the infamous 38-7 smackdown of the Minnesota Vikings on January 21st, 2018, Patrick Robinson took one back to the house. If it wasn't for Jim Schwartz coaching, I doubt that moment happens. It takes me back to 2019, where we are now. That cornerback group has been decimated by injuries. Ronald Derby, walking injury concern. Sidney Jones, second rounder out of Washington two years ago. I think he might be a bust. Does he have talent? Absolutely. Will he be always plagued by injuries? I think so. He's not the guy. They should not have drafted him. Oh, he's a top 20 prospect. He would have went in the first round. Do you know why he didn't go in the first round? Because his Achilles was torn. Because he's not the same player he was at Washington. That didn't affect him today. Because they're going against Robbie Anderson. Temple product, local guy with that. Demarius Thomas, who has lost... Several steps since he last played with Peyton Manning and 
Denver Broncos. But Schwartz called a great game today. Schwartz called a great game today. We had two interceptions and 10 sacks, I believe. How many sacks did we get? 10 sacks. 10 sacks. Oh, my God. They needed that defensively. Because all year, as much as people want to complain about the offense and whether the team is running the ball enough or not, the pass rush had been the key to the team in 2017 and even last year in 2018 with Michael Bennett and Chris Long had been the key to the defense. And through the first four games of the season, that certainly had not been true. But today, let's see who had sacks. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. Who was a little gimpy last year. A little gimpy. Signed a big contract in the offseason. Did not look great. First four games of the season. Looked good in the run game. Pass game, though. That's what matters. Pass rush. Didn't look great. The Eagles were generating it at an and an abnormal rate of pressures and QB hits, which is fantastic. But if you're not getting to the quarterback, if you're not sacking the quarterback for a loss, believe me, I'm all about looking at the next generation stats, evaluating QB hits and pressures as a predictive stat for future sacks. But at the end of the day, if you're not tackling the quarterback for a loss, all those pressures and QB hits don't really mean shit. And guess what? Brandon Graham, a guy who's played great against the run this year and who's played great against the run his whole career, hasn't really shown against the past the last two years, he had three sacks. Josh Wett had his first career sack. Vinny Curry had his first sack back as an Eagle after spending 2018 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Derek Barnett had a sack. After a gigantic strip sack against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last week. Deshaun Hall. First sack of the year. Preseason darling. Didn't get much run. First handful of games of the season. But it's great to see him out there. Because if Deshaun Hall isn't playing, when you have a poor defensive pass rush rotation, then what is the preseason for? Deshaun played phenomenal in the preseason. If he's not getting rewarded for that, then what is even the point of having a preseason? Ten sacks. Ten sacks. Orlando Skandrick is credited with two sacks. But I'll I'll only remember one of them because he so disrespectfully grabbed the ball out of Luke Falk's hand. He said, Luke, I get you're the third string quarterback. But I don't really give a fuck And took the ball straight out of his hands And he ran the west of the way for a touchdown Defensive touchdown The second defensive touchdown in the game After Nate Gary's First quarter pick six Pick six I've been calling for a pick six all week I'm glad we finally had it Just to dial it back Again Seamus Clancy You're listening to The infamous Jetro Boomin Podcast here at the fabulous Tall Man Joe's on Front and Argon. Plenty of free parking. Great atmosphere game. Great atmosphere. Couldn't lie today, 
I was here last week for the game, week four, Thursday night football against the Packers. Great time, great time. Me and my girlfriend, Ashley, as you all know, met at the Eagles parade back in 2018. Had a great time here. Great bar. From South Philly. You live in South Philly. Want to get some wings? Get some good drinks? Come here. You might even see me. You might even hop on the podcast. I might ask a question on the podcast. I'm amped. I'm a little mad at the offense. I'm mad at the offense. But I respect the shit out of Jim Schwartz if it's today. Respect him. Because even though the Eagles surrendered six points, those six points came after another inopportune fumble from Corey Clement. Corey Clement, South Jersey native, Went to the University of Wisconsin. Undrafted free agent came to the Eagles in 2017. Beat out fifth round draft pick Donald Pumphrey for a spot on the Eagles roster. And it was literally, literally Super Bowl hero. He had, what, four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Probably could have had two touchdowns if a couple shed tackles don't go another way. But that guy is a hero in Philadelphia. He had another gigantic fumble on special teams this week. And all I'm left wondering is, are the Eagles going to really have to cut a Super Bowl hero? It sounds so stupid, but part of me thinks it has to be the right move, and it sucks. It sucks. Because going left after last season, maybe he wasn't 100%. He looked a little bit banged up, and he had some surgeries and all that. But that was a guy after that Super Bowl you thought, hey, how he might not be hitting on these running backs he's taking in the mid-rounds. But if he's drafting a guy like Corey Clement uh, as an undrafted free agent, not drafting him, but signing him as an undrafted free agent, he must know what he's doing. But that might have been a flash in the pan. He had a good year in 2017, had a couple of touchdowns, looked better as a receiver than anyone ever imagined him coming out of Wisconsin. But for the last two years... He has not been that guy. He has just not been that guy. That sucks because for a lot of levels, anyone who was a part of that Super Bowl team, I will hold them dearly in my heart. Dearly in my heart. Yeah, they're one of 53 guys. But the collective group of those guys changed my life. They changed everyone in Philadelphia's life. If Corey Clement doesn't come down with one of the best catches ever or one of the best throws ever in Super Bowl from Nick Foles. Super Bowl 52 MVP, if you weren't aware. Then he goes and win a Super Bowl. Then, you know, maybe you're not. The Eagles don't win that Super Bowl. You're probably not listening to this podcast right now. You're not. Oh, Corey, come on, man. You're the fourth string running back. I want you to have a role in this team. You deserve it. You're a Philly guy from South Jersey. You're literally a Super Bowl hero. Not just a guy you played on a Super Bowl team. You're a Super Bowl hero. I don't know. I didn't like the offense today. Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. I've been a frequent criticizer of Jim over his tenure in Philadelphia. But 
Uh, Ruben Frank of NBC Sports, NBC Sports Philadelphia tweeted some great stats about Jim and the Eagles' defense over the last couple of years, uh, over the weekend, but about Jim Schwartz's tenure in Philadelphia, which started in 2016 when Doug Peterson became the Eagles' head coach and the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz. So firmly in this current era of Eagles football, where Jim Schwartz has allowed the least amount of 30-yard games as a defense than any team in the league. Could you imagine that? The Eagles have allowed, in the Jim Schwartz era, offenses to score 30 points only three times. And they're two in one of those games. And one of them includes a game where the Eagles won 43-35 to against the L.A. Rams in L.A. back in 2017. The game, the infamous game, the Carson got hurt. But one of those touchdowns came on a blocked punt return. So really, Jim Schwartz has truly only given up, what, uh, 30-plus points in three games. One of them being the Bengals game in 2016. That's the game that infamously known as uh, Zach Ertz went short on the block and Carson Wentz got hammered. And that was really the turning point for Zach Ertz's career. And they became an all-pro type player in 2017 and Super Bowl hero. And we are here now looking at Zach Ertz as the you know a top three tight end in the league. And then the Saints game last year, which was a disaster on every level. Just going in that game, I had this sickening feeling. I went to a friend's giving that day. I went to a friend's giving. Ashley and I went to my boy Fred's house. And the Eagles started in there. You know, there were people hanging out, people that probably weren't Eagles fans the way Ashley and I and our Eagles fans and that were psychotic about the Eagles. And people were talking about the game. The Eagles were losing early. And I'm just like, I need to get the fuck out of here before I hear another person talk about the Eagles. Went home, ate our little sweet potato dish that we made. We watched the Eagles lose 48 to 7. So that's one of the games Jim Schwartz allowed more than 30 points against, in addition to that Bengals game in 2016. And then again, in last year and week, it was that 16 against the Houston Texans where Nick Foles was quarterback and he was staged a late game comeback and won 32 to 30 against that Houston Texans team, letting, allowing them to survive another day, play for a playoff playing game the week 17, which they did, and they won, made the playoffs last year and won in the wild card round before losing a game they really should have won in the divisional round against the New Orleans Saints. I just threw a lot out here. But ultimately what I'm saying is Jim Schwartz is a better defensive coordinator than you think he is, and he's a better defensive coordinator than I think he is. And the quicker we start realizing that as Eagles fans is the better we will get in terms of being knowledgeable as fans. He's a good defensive coordinator. Remember back in 2016, 2017, we were like, well, we might, lose, we might lose Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator because another team might snatch him up as, a, as their head coach. I'll tell you right now, that's not fucking happening. First of all, no one hires defensive coordinators as head coaches anymore. It's all about the ni- nice young guy, the savvy offensive coordinator, the, ne- the next Sean McVay. Well, first of all, I'll tell you this right now. Don't look for the next Sean McVay. Look for the next Doug Peterson. Because last time I checked, Sean McVay is, what, 0-2, against Doug Peterson all time. Both times at his quote-unquote home stadium, in which Eagles fans took over every time. I was there in 2017, took over the stadium at the Coliseum. First time there, magnificent, magnificent stadium. The Eagles won, and the Eagles fan took that stadium over. I digress. 
But again, a reminder for the coach, for the teams, the franchise, the front offices that are looking for the next Sean McVay, remember this. Now, I've made this argument countless times on Twitter, and people have flamed me for it. People have agreed with me. People have given me shit for it, but I don't care. It's an argument that I started making in real life with my college friends. People aren't even Eagles fans. I've told them this, and I stand by it. And some of them even started agreeing with me. You think... You think Sean McVay is the next great coach in the NFL? And has he done a fantastic job with the Los Angeles Rams over the last, this is his third year as head coach. Over the last three years, yeah, he's done a great job. Has Doug Peterson done a better job over the last three years, given his roster, his offensive talent? Yeah, I'll say he has. But the one fact, the one fact that distinguishes their caliber as head coaches is this as you might remember in Super Bowl 52 the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Bill Belichick coached New England Patriots 41 to 33 in Super Bowl on their way to a Super Bowl victory and a parade down Broad Street and to an apartment on 11th and Jackson for me then last year the Eagles did not make the Super where the Patriots made it again and they faced Sean McVay's Los Angeles Rams team. The Patriots only scored 13 points in the Super Bowl. And in my head, I'm thinking, if the Patriots scored 13 points against the Eagles team last year, even the one led by Nick Foles, Eagles were blowing them out in the Super Bowl. No contest. No contest. No contest. But how many points did Sean McVay score? Count them. You can count them on one hand. Because he scored three points. He scored three points in the Super Bowl. And guess how many Doug Peterson scored the year before? Against the same exact team, 41. Now people say, that's just a one-game sample size. Yeah, it's a one-game sample size. But it's the only game that matters. It's the Super Bowl. That's the only game that matters. It's not like Doug scored 27 points and Sean McVay scored 20 points. And I'm on this arbitrary you know, dichotomy of which points matter more. There's a difference between scoring 27 points and 21 points and then scoring 41 points and 3 points. Look for the next Doug Peterson. Look for the next Doug Peterson, not the next Sean McVay. Anyway. The Eagles offense could have looked better today. Carson could have looked better today. I didn't love the way he looked. Again, the defense played fantastically. And they were, the Eagles were up, what, 14 nothing in the first quarter? But guess what? They probably should have been up close to 28 nothing in the first quarter. They missed key chances. How many punts did uh, Cam Johnson have? Let me see. Cam Johnson, Pat. Cameron Johnson punted the ball five times. He's a great punter, Cameron Johnson. But as an Eagles team that's as skilled offensively as this with a head coach as skilled as Doug Peterson and a quarterback as skilled as as offensively as Carson Wentz, that team should not be punting the ball five times against this New York Jets team. That absolutely freaking sucks. My voice is getting a little cracky. You've seen this on previous pods for sure. Uh, You know, that that comes with the territory of you know, I'm an Eagles season ticket holder. Everyone knows. I go down there. I watch the game. I get into it. I get into it. I love our Eagles, baby. I love them. 
They take a lot out of me physically, emotionally, mentally. That's what I love about it. It's our little, it's a little escapism. It's escapism. It's our break from the real world. It doesn't matter how much you hate your job or hate your whatever's going on in your life. If you hate where you're at with work, if you're in a shitty relationship, if you don't have money, if you don't have any of these things, it does not matter on Sunday because for those three hours, including the hours you might be tailgating before the game and the hours you're chilling after the game, with your friends or at a local bar, if you're at Tall Man Joe's in the hours after the game, it does not matter because all you think about is the Philadelphia Eagles and the fact they are three and two above 300. And if the Green Bay Packers take care of business today, they will be tied for a divisional lead against the hated, I fucking hate them, I fucking hate them, Dallas Cowboys. This team means the world to me. Anyone listening to this podcast, this is my fifth podcast. I can't believe I've done this this regularly. And anyone who's listening to this, anyone who's listened to all these podcasts throughout the entire season so far, I really appreciate you. I appreciate anyone that follows me on Twitter, that listens to my podcast, that subscribes to my newsletter, patreon.com backslash shameless underscore Clancy. $2 a month to get a newsletter about the Eagles and the Sixers delivered to your mailbox every Monday through Friday morning. I'm just a guy like you. I'm just a guy who really, really loves the Eagles. And I love the way it brings me closer to my family and my friends, whether it's my dad or I've gone on this rant podcast countless times, whether it's my dad or Big Mike or Mike Hemsher, Bobby Quichi, Aaron Kim, Joe Anzer, Ashley, my girlfriend. It does not matter because the Eagles, if you live in Philadelphia, the Eagles are that universal thing that brings us all together. Yeah, the world sucks. Job sucks, work sucks, the economy sucks. Everything fucking sucks sometimes. But again, for three hours every Sunday, or as Lassie would say, every Thursday night, or in the future we'll say Sunday night, Monday night, when the Eagles are on, none of that shit matters. And that was, that's what makes football in this town so great. And what's, it's what makes us such a great football town. There are only so many teams in the world where they win 31-6. That guy recording a podcast about their team, about their favorite team, is a little pissed off. Where, what are Carson's stats here? Carson went 17 for 29, whatever. 189 yards, not great. 6.5 yards per attempt, again, not great. One touchdown, zero interceptions. I'm fine with that because the Eagles win. The only stat I care about at the end of the day, you know, I'm so emotionally and personally invested in Carson's success, but ultimately at the end of the day, the stat that matters to me the most is whether the Eagles won or lost. Eagles won or lost. At the same time, if Dak Prescott had this stat line and the Cowboys won 31-6 against a shitty team like the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins I'd be saying Dak Prescott is a system quarterback their defense carries them Ezekiel Elliott in the running game carries them I wanted more from Carson today he didn't look great and again they're missing Deshaun Jackson as I've talked about on Twitter for the last half dozen years and since the moment this Eagles brought him back to Philadelphia Deshaun Jackson makes everything run. Deshaun Jackson is the key to everything. As 
I watched Silver Linings Playbook last night while I ordered a pizza and I thought about this game the entire time. As Dr. Jones would say, Deshaun Jackson is the man, and he is. And he better be back next week. I wouldn't have played him this week. Maybe he was healthy this week, but I don't care about the Jets. Again, they won 31-6, and their offense kind of looked like shit. Maybe he isn't ready next week for the Minnesota game. People forget. People forget. Last time the Eagles played in Minnesota, do you know what happened? They won Super Bowl 52. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you remember that, but the Eagles won Super Bowl 52 once in Minnesota. They played Dallas after that. They played Dallas on Sunday Night Football in Dallas. And I need Deshaun to play in that game. I need Deshaun to act a fool. Act a fool. The way he's done countless times with the Cowboys in his career. And just show them up. Just embarrass them. I want the entire Eagles team to embarrass them. Last time that happened was 2017. They played Sunday Night in Dallas. Again, they were down, what, 9-7 to at halftime and won 37-9. I need to beat down like that in two weeks. I need to beat down the Minnesota team that's floundering this year. Yeah, they won today, but they've looked like shit at times this year. Kirk Cousins sucks. Their best wide receiver wants to be traded. Their second best wide receiver is a white guy who fucking stinks. I want to run the table. That's not going to happen. The Eagles have three road games in a row. Playing at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo. Buffalo's a better team teams think this year. Buffalo's pretty good. Great defense. They're going to give the Eagles trouble. If they come out of this next three-game streak, two and one, I'll take two and one. They need two and one. That would leave them what? Five and three? Five and three going to the Bears game at home? Be five and three. Maybe be six and two. Maybe shock everyone to be six and two. Put the NFL on notice. Do whatever you want. Let's go. I need them to be five and three going to that Chicago game at home. Bringing it all back home, as Bob Dylan would say. Bring it all back home. I don't know. I'm happy they won. It could have been better. It could have been better. It could have been better. But I'm excited for next week. Minnesota. Minnesota week. I'll have some fun shit planned for this week. Stay tuned to uh, Bleeding Green Nation. I'll have some great stuff up this week. Stay tuned to my newsletter as again. $2 per month. That's just $2 per month. That's less than a cup of coffee per month. You can subscribe to my newsletter on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Get like an essay delivered to your news box every morning, Monday through Friday. Talk about the birds. It's closer to basketball season. Get some Sixers talk. A little bit of pop culture talk. We're talking about the Joker movie this week. Any of my favorite Philly bands and acts releasing albums, I'll be sure to plug them. That's where I get everything. That's where we get my really good thoughts. Besides this podcast, of course. I love this podcast. I can't, it took me forever to do this podcast. I've been wanting to do a podcast called Jetro Boomin for friggin' years. For years. Now I have a great platform to do with my Twitter following now. And I'm so excited that people even listen to this. Like I'm averaging about, what, 500 lessons per show? That's unbelievable. I can't believe 500 people want to listen to this. I'm just grateful for anyone who's doing that. Respect all you guys. I love that you're listening to this. Again, I'm coming live from Tollman Joe's on Front and Argon. Tons of parking, fantastic wings. Great spot to watch a game. I will be here for all the Eagles road games this season. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, as you know, if you're listening to this, I'm at Shameless underscore Clancy. If you want to meet up for a game here, 
for to meet up for a tailgate and then come here after. Hit me up. Go birds, baby. Go birds. We all we got, we all we need. Again. Jet Boone, baby. Seamus Clancy signing off. Thank you, guys.